0: Introduce
1: everyone and, and take the thing tell us who right, you are. I'll stand back here. I feel like I'm in violation of the scriptures, as let there be no divisions among you. <laughs> uh, with all of this beautiful space here, so this is the smart side. Uh, <laughs> oh, we used to make a circle, but then we couldn't figure out how to hold <laughs> <laughs> that thing. it's yeah. Great to be with you. Uh, we've been staying with the Jennings for several days, and. We were doing all right. Their children went to be with their grandfather the other night, and and one of them said, uh, well, one is named John, uh, and that's John Bunty, (laughs) the medical doctor, a vascular surgeon, and Fred Pruitt, the other one's named Fred, and the child forgot. I don't remember which child it was, but said, well, there's another one there. (laughs) I don't remember his name, but he's very old. But <laughs> uh, that's the first time I've been called that, but he's all right. we got a good time. Uh, I was going to speak on finances this morning. I was told that, <laughs> that it may not be the most popular subject. <laughs> I had to simply come up with something else, which reminded me again of another story I, told, I, told, I heard about Little boy who was a very aggressive young man, and he got a job at the supermarket. And uh, they did well. What will we do with this man? The manager said, "Well, produce is always a good place to start." So he got in the produce department, and uh, a dear lady came in. It was his first customer, and she said, "I want a half a head of lettuce." Well, he said, "Well, ma'am, we..." usually sell a whole head t- of lettuce complete. No, I want a half a head t- of lettuce. Well, he said, well, wait just a moment. We'll see what we can do. So we went back into the back and uh, he said, there's some old bat in here that wants a half a head of lettuce. So what do we do? with it? Just cut it in half and wrap it up and give it to her. Well, he did that. He went out and he said, here you are, ma'am. We always want to please our customers. So she thanked him and then that Another gentleman walked up to him and he said, Son, he said, I like the way you handled yourself. He said, We always want to take care of our customers. And he said, uh, I'm the manager, area manager of these markets and we're going to open a new market up in Canada. And he said, We're looking for aggressive young people to, to get started in our company. Well, he said, it'll be you'll have to move up to Canada he said oh Canada he said the land of great hockey players and ugly women (laughs) and he said well he said that's interesting my wife's in Canada (laughs) (laughs) I said well what team does she play on (laughs) (laughs) so quick wit I had to change from finances to something else I don't know whether you study the Bible here or not. Do you? Oh yes, certainly. And I didn't it. You, I you. Do all of you have a Bible at home. Do you read it one? a A Bible, <laughs> one of these. <laughs> <laughs> we need an object lesson. Like <laughs> all right. Well, just briefly, uh, I've been reading lately in the Book of Ephesians, and I was going to <laughs> talk about that, but will just. Uh, Try to give a brief outline of three <coughs> chapter in this wonderful book. That the Apostle Paul. Uh, I think if you just read the book of Ephesians, you had all, all you really need to know. Uh, I'm real old, so I have to put on these. these <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one. Was so that Sam? Just yes. All right. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and an amazing part of this chapter, if we could call it a how to book, is the theme. How to touch the invisible, and how to see the invisible, touch the untouchable, and know the unknowable. That's the whole book of the And much of it is outlined in the second chapter. So I'll read a few verses and just talk about it as we go, and now I'll wind up and ask <coughs> ask these other two brothers to uh, help me out with your questions because they answered the questions, and you all need they ask you so to be thinking about what you want to ask. They have all the answers. Yeah. The only question you've ever wanted to know the We're from the IRS, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the apostles say, for this cause, which cause? The cause of Christ being the reconciler between the people, the Jews and the Gentiles. And he went at the great length of the first chapter, talking about how Christ has broken down the middle wall. I wish he were here this morning to break down this vacant bacon space between us, but... Uh, He said, for for there is now no difference between the Jew and the Gentile, because Christ has broken down that wall between these peoples. And he goes right on. For this cause I fall, the prisoner of Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. That's Colossians 1.26. Paul talks about the mystery that has been hidden from the ages, through the ages, but now is revealed to us. The mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. That's the way we know the unknowable. And the only way to touch God is by Him we Himself in us. Because we're inner people. Body, soul, and spirit. Spirit is deep in you. That's you. What we're seeing on the outside is not really you. That's the clothing of your real self. Your self is deep in you. And the Bible teaches that the moment you come to Christ by faith your spirit is united with his that The sovereign almighty creator of the universe is in you. Paul says in another place that he is in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he's willing to Do it. you see it? He goes on. Out of a revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote unto you before, whereby when you read you may understand the, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit same spirit who indwelt this apostle Paul indwells us more the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the tomb which we celebrated a few days ago that very same spirit lives in us by faith the only two linchpins in the Christian experience are faith and and revelation Christ reveals himself to us and by faith we receive him and the spirit is united with his spirit we become one you can call it union you can call it unity you can call it whatever uh, properly describes that relationship to you but we are one with Christ that's the key So this
2: entire,
1: now, I, my experience several years ago has been in pastoral ministry. And as a young pastor at a little growing church uh, in San Diego where I still live, I ran out of gas though the church was growing by leaps and bounds and people coming to Christ it was a wonderful time there were great people who have wonderful fellowship in the fellow of Christ himself that's the only way you have fellowship is that central to that fellowship is the fellow of almighty God and the person of Christ but well, I just simply ran out of gas and I've been crying out to God for more of what I thought I needed more love more grace more peace more power all of that to minister to a people who came uh, expected as people do when you come to this church you expect to get something and uh, I simply was walking to the church one morning and I just cried out to God and he met me in an unexpected way there was no sort of thunderbolt or lightning Damascus Road experience but he met me and I knew it was Christ in me answering my prayer he always does he always responds to the need in fact he places that need in us man in fall, in his fallen original state is an extreme hunger continually need always need and extreme need, continually hungry. That's why people outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ are never satisfied. They're always looking to get, to get more cars, to get bigger houses, to get more clothes, do more shopping, get something more than what I had to satisfy. But it doesn't satisfy. Augustine said ages ago that God has made with a huge vacuum and suffering in his street that could only be filled by our mind. That's what he came to do. It is a mystery and we touch that by faith the quicker we go. <clears throat> He's talking about the whole body of Christ where is I? Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. That's what I wanted in my life. His power. But I discovered something. I didn't get his power. I got him. He is the power. I thought, well, I need more love. Because we've been with all kinds of people. Difficult people. us, of course, all kind of people. <laughs> How do we love the people? Well, I read in 1 John, God is one. He is one. So if you say you want more love, you really want in your consciousness a greater reality of the Christ who is in you. But I can tell you one something this moment. The moment you receive him, he's there. He's waiting to reveal himself in a greater way deep in your consciousness. So that you may know that you know that you know. I hope you've done it. You can explain it, but you can experience it. the presence of the living Christ, that's the Creator of the universe, who is in you. By faith. In the Revelation, the author says, of Jesus, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Have you ever heard <clears> that? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man come in to me or open the door, I will come in and intercept with him, and he will be there. So, to be standing at the door presupposes he's there. And he knocks in his own way in each of our lives. It may be a difficult circumstance, it may be a difficult relationship, it may be Whatever it is, it isn't a shock to God. He has put it there. He has intended it for it to happen. For what reason? To bring us back to Himself in our consciousness. Every single thing that happens to us is to bring us to faith in Him. So He turned all of our adversities into a great adventure the book of James talks about James says continually we'll have temptation he talked about temptation he said well you'll have a lot there'll be testings and struggles and trials so just go on and enjoy it <laughs> but not in your own strength you can say well this difficult thing is beyond me That's, that was my experience as a young pastor until Christ met me on the way to the church and he took me through a valley of the shadow of death when my wife had contracted cancer and subsequently died. And I the Lord, what are you saying? Each and every single individual is spiritual. faith, peace, in a deeper, more real world. Why? Because he loves us. And his love is life. Nothing will ever befall in our lives. This has been a great help for me to me through all of you. It does not come out of the heart of the The cross was in the heart of God before the foundation of the world.
3: And
1: He came to me in One day I walked into the church again my burden for that people left the strong music, I knew it was time to go but I had nowhere to go <coughs> I didn't tell anyone because I, I, I hadn't learned in those days that you're supposed to send out 50 resumes and mm-hmm. tapes and uh, all of that and get this one and that involved I said nothing except to the people who needed to, to know. And pretty soon I got a phone call from a dear brother who had a mission work in Southeast Asia. And he said, "What are you going to do?" And I told him much of, much of what I what what I shared with you. And he said, "Well, why don't you come and go with us out to Southeast Asia? we I have meetings set up with missionaries and with people out there, and you can stay as long as you want to stay." Well, he said, I can't pay any money to go. Well, that wasn't real attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the church was kind enough to get me a round-trip ticket. (laughs) Not just a (laughs) one-way. So I went out and had a wonderful time out there and came back. Well, when I came back, I, had a, I rented a little apartment in Whittier, California, in the Los Angeles area, and uh, had no phone. It was, it was furnished about like the center of this room. <laughs> 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 one chair. And no phone, no nothing. Well, I was sitting there one morning just thinking and reading and trying to pray, and prayer didn't come. At least I thought whatever I was praying it bounced right back off the seat. Of me. I don't know if you've ever had an experience. But... Well, that oppression got so strong that it was physically painful. And I just fell out on the floor, face down, and cried out to God. And the only thing I could remember that came to my mind was, Lord, we be slain. That's what I I knew that I knew that I did I needed to be where I was. And God had a coming for me. And I didn't know what it was. Well, that voice, not an audible voice, but it sounded an audible voice, by in my inner spirit kept saying, what a mess you've made of your life. You screwed it up. Here you left your home, you left your, your church, people who love you, and your son who, had, who, who was six years old at the time. He's with another family who are in the church, and this tremendous guilt just permeated my whole being until I cried out to God, I believe you if you slay And I got up from there, and I went to a table, because I had met a dear brother who worked in the garden. My name is Joe Blinkler, uh, he's been a Great Britain. I met him at a prayer conference up in the mountains in California. And we became a good, good friends. Well, Billy Graham happened to be in Los Angeles at the Coliseum where he played football. And he'd seen about 100,000 people. And uh, that crusade was going on, and went on for like 30 days. I was the whole month of August 1962. Well, I knew Joe was working for the brand because that's the way he was introduced at the Forest Home. So I thought, well, I'll go and call and see if I can talk to Joe. Well, I, I, you know, to myself, I was saying naively, he's probably sitting in that office just waiting for me to call. Well, I, I since learned that it doesn't happen one in 10,000 times. Well, I went to the payphone, got the number, got connected, and I asked for Joe Blinko, and he was there. Well, he invited me to come have breakfast with him the next morning, which I happened to did. And we uh, sat down, and he said, Well, tell me your story, what's going on? I shared with him much of what I said to you. And he said, Well, Billy's going to San Diego next year. And he said, uh, I believe you could be a big help to down there." You know, most of the preachers, which was true at that time. And uh, So he said, wait just a few minutes. So he went to the house phone, and he made a few phone calls. And when he came back, he said, Billy, would like to talk to you. Well, I tried to be cool, and I was scared to, that this was a fantasy. thing. i heard this about Billy on the, on the radio, heard him speak. Knew who he was. He was in L.A. with billboards all place, bus signs, and TV, and everything. Well, we went to another hotel, and I thought, well, you know, I was I had the best clothes that I had, but I said, this man is impeccably dressed. I mean, he's always a picture of fashion, and uh, so. I uh, thought, well, never mind. I am what I am. So we went to the door. Joe knocked on the door, and then he came to the door. Big, tall, slender guy. In his pajamas. <laughs> I thought, well, not just any pajamas. They weren't rags like I might wear, but they were high-end stuff. <laughs> what was shocking to me is it was totally opposite what I expected to find he threw those big long arms around me like I was the only person in the world we needed to speak to that day. And he had all the baseball cards. Because someone told him they would keep his hair in place. So all day long, unless people, was going out or meeting people outside. He, he stayed in the room and studied and had prayer and got ready for the night meeting. So he went over and he said, Come in here and tell me your story. He stretched full length out on his bed and I sat down here by the bed and I told him the story much like I shared with you. And he said, Well, he said, We're going to San Diego next year. And he said, It sounds to me like you would be a talk to You know the preachers from what Joe tells me? And he said, Why don't you come and go with us? Well, that's his North Carolina way of saying you're hired. Well, I was stunned. Well, that began what continued to be almost 20 years of roaming around the country and many parts of the world, mm-hmm. helping them in any way that I could in the Crusades and other ways. And it was a blessing for How many have you ever been to it? One, two. I, wherever I go, I find people who have come to Christ in one of the great meetings or through a film or some other way. God has used it in miraculous ways all over the world. But for the same reason that he will use you or me, for the same spirit who dwells in and dwells us. What happened between the two of us that day was his spirit Linking up with the Spirit in me. It was God's Spirit. I've been asked 10,000 times, mainly by preachers, how did you get with building?" Blake? Well, I say, well, only the Lord could have done it. And the eyes blazed open. But I can tell you it's the truth. No human being could have engineered that. God used Job Blanco to help me. To wherever we were. But Billy made the decision. Instantly. No background check. I didn't have to show any birthmarks. I didn't have to have any FBI recommendations. It just was done. It's that quick Christ receives us. We were in the heart of God before we were ever born. And when Christ went to that cross, He had you and He had me. And died for the sins of the whole eternal. Amen. To the intent that the same Spirit that raised him from the tomb would live in each of us by faith. That's how it comes to this. The very desire we have for God. That instant is there. It, it's a great mystery. We know the unknown, the only conceivable way. We cannot get it any other way than Christ doing it in us. And linking our spirit with his spirit. Marvelous mystery. And it is a mystery. And we can know the unknowable by that same spirit in us. It is. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness. I don't know how you can add to Paul. <coughs> he is the creator of all things Paul teaches us in this chapter. Everything that is made, he's made. Do you believe the Bible? I believe, it. I've seen it work. But not just the Bible, it's the Christ of God. You can memorize this book from cover to cover, and it will do us no good. Jesus said, "You search the Scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life." It isn't just this book; it's the God of this book. And how do we know the God of this book? We know Him because He revealed Himself through His Son, and the purpose of His Son was to take the next step towards revelation of Almighty God through many sons. We're called the sons of God and daughters. And we are all those manifestations of this Almighty God. You are Christ in your form. What the Bible say? Paul put it more wonderful than any other way. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. Have you ever read that? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Sounds great. He's crucified, he's dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Oh, oh, oh wait, just a moment. It isn't me. It's Christ living in me. That's what he says in that It's Christ living in me. And our life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That is in our faith. Ephesians 2 or 2 9, I For by grace are you saved through faith. And that none of themselves, it's a gift of God. You say, well, I don't have faith. Well, it isn't your faith, it's his faith. It's an amazing mystery how he's believing in himself, in you for you as you I've said many many times I believe what this Bible teaches because it's true. but I don't believe it because the Bible says it I believe it because it's true truth precedes it all he is truth that's a banner Billy really had on every crusade I am the way the truth and the life the way truth and life is Christ himself and the glorious thing to me is that he lives in us and his for Answer. Well, that's tough. You're saying you're Jesus? No, I'm not saying that. He's saying you. Think on that. Ask God to reveal that truth to you. Look at that word. Receive it by faith. And in God's time he'll reveal the truth. You can know that you know that you want He's the Lord in us. We're always looking for the what, or the where, or the when, but it's the who. That's the issue. First book of John says that He is Lord. Amen. Amen. several years ago, Mr. Graham had a great burden for evangelism, and he wanted to share with evangelists and preachers from many parts of the world. So he called together a great congress, and uh, it was in Berlin in 1966, and uh, we were there for ten days, and people came from all over the world. <coughs> there were church leaders from every part of the world that came together in Berlin and really wanted to have a, a breakfast meeting for certain ones which he did and there were people there who we were leaders of denominations and, and just top people who we were called evangelical leaders and others even Holly Salasius came not exactly evangelical leaders but he led a, a great country and uh, here we are sitting all around this table at breakfast, and uh, that followed the crusade that Billy had in Dallas, and that crusade had gotten off to a bad start, and Billy was feeling bit down and discouraged, and Dr. Criswell, a year ago that he was taking him back to his hotel at that time. Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. How many know northern Dallas is? <laughs> 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 Dr. Crystal a dear man of God. He's gone on now. But Billy was down, and Dr. Crystal said, uh, Billy, you seem discouraged tonight. He said, Well, I am discouraged. but I don't feel like it. the Lord is blessing this so way. Li- I'd love to see it. And Dr. Chris was very quiet for a few minutes and then he said well Billy I want to just say something to you he said there's something I noticed tonight that I hadn't noticed in any other meeting. normally you know, uphold the cross of Christ and preach about the love of God and calling people to himself and though you did mention that several times yet it didn't seem to be the focus of the message tonight was crushed and he vowed never by the grace of God let that happen and it didn't I've heard him say give the same message of Harvard to the law student as he gave speaking to a mission. it's the love of God in Christ calling us to himself Well, at that Berlin breakfast, it was all we were down we and really good was to close the meeting. And he asked everyone there, he said, I I don't know what to say as we closed the meeting, but he said, I wish you'd help me. Well, no one said anything, I and mean, we couldn't even buy advise, advise let's say it. But Carl Henry, who at that time was the editor of a magazine called Christianity Today, a major theological magazine, and his dear brother. So he spoke up in his customary way, and he said, "Billy, I think you should tell the people where you failed Well, the crowd was proud and stunned. Well, Billy's tears welled up in his eyes, and he said, "I believe we'll be well, on the closing afternoon, Billy got up to speak and there were about 3,000 people and they were in theater type seats. And, and the seat would bounce up and he stood up and all of And part of Billy's message, he closed by telling this story about what happened to him in Dallas. And I tell you, he said, I failed the Lord and vowed by His grace never to let that happen again. And then He went on to say, We all faithful. But He is faithful to us, cleans us in all unrighteousness. To take the other step forward. Well when he shared that, it was spontaneously throughout that whole Congress law. Three thousand were there, stood up, turned around, and knelt down by those chairs. And in their own language, they were there from all over the world, started praying out loud. Because every person in that room to trace a point in their lives where they need forgiveness and, and recognition of the Christ who is in them and by his grace lead them in the way that you can. The love of God is like that. Amen? Are we are we all right? yeah. <coughs> Well, we have a few minutes. If you all have any questions, I'd like to have Dr. John and Chris have a word or two. Dr. Bundy has been a, say a peripheral vascular surgeon for about three years, and he got particularly if he reached the point in his life where he responded to the public price to resign that practice and give himself totally to sharing this message I've tried to share with you this world well, wherever you go. And God is using one of us. Fred Fird is an author and speaker on this subject, and they can say a fair than I've said. So if you have questions, they'll help you with the answer. I'm sure. <laughs> but I, just, I just want to leave you with this story. Say, well, how can I know this truth in me for you? Well, in the same way you came to Christ, you simply say, Lord, find will spirit in me. I receive and walk in my conscience. Know you in the intimacy that you have with the Father. And he said to the Father, I and the Father are one. And receive it by faith. Just as you received his salvation. And in his good faith. He will reveal himself that way in, in your spirit. And you will know what you know what you know. And then
4: Mark, hey, thank you for coming. Um, it's really interesting to hear you talk. My grandfather was actually saved. The, uh, well, grandpa.
1: Your grandfather? My grandfather. Um, well, he's as I
4: am. He's passed. He's passed. And, uh, and he couldn't get in, so he actually sat out in the woods and listened to the message out in the woods and got saved. <laughs> and when that came to... To my mother, and then me. Um, Amen. So, you know, when I was uh, a young boy, eight, nine years old, I was taking a camping up on some property of Mr. Graham's in North Carolina. In and uh, there was a, a little bench in the middle of the woods that uh, Mr. Graham had built for uh, praying. And uh, he just kind of walked me over and he told me about that so this is where Mr. Graham goes to get away. It's a piece of property he had up in the mountains of North Carolina. And, uh,
3: and, and so I remember kneeling down on
4: that, that bench and praying right there and just thinking, it was a life moment for me. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm listening to you talk today and you know, I think one of the, I was part of uh, maybe 11 years old. I think probably because of really grand significance in my family's life. My part of you know, being on the front end of one of the crusades that he was in, you know, praying for it for, for years before he came. I remember how how important it was that all the churches get together and, and pray so that God's came would move in the city long before he showed up. Long before. And I always thought about that prayer once and just thought, you know, this... this that's probably my one takeaway from you know from him is that prayer is kind of the foundation for doing anything in your life. And I'm listening to you talk about uh, this scripture, and you, you remind me a lot of my grandfather. And I'm just wondering, is there one, you know, as you look back at your life and all your experiences, is there one message you can maybe give us to help us accelerate our understanding? of it means to have Christ in us rather than having to deliver ourselves
1: one message is he in us. that's the only message there is he is the creator of all the apostle says in this chapter part of the unfolding of that mystery in us is that it's revealed to us that he be all in us all in us Can't get more than that. Even Jesus was perfected by the things which he suffered. As he was as man was the whole purpose of God was to make us now as man was in the beginning. A perfect individual. We are that with him. See it, Mike? not because of this body it is because of his person who lives in each one of us so the struggle is about <coughs> again he broke and he said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling well we get that part all right? The fear and trembling part but he's saying for it is Christ in you to work or to will and to do. His good pleasure. So he's willing to do. How is he willing? He's am willing to do your will, your mind. We have the mind of Christ. That's what the Bible says. We take that by faith. We have the mind of Christ. <coughs> and the the what will always follow the with. We don't have to think we're in great control, but the really, especially, are motivated by their heart. Love. Desire. Desire is just to fall out of love. And decisions will always follow those desires. That's a wonderful thing. I don't know how many of you are married or wish you were married or never married or whatever. <coughs> but sometimes one's like you meet a young lady. And you say, well, i don't be cool here. But you desire that person. And out of that desire comes your decision to do whatever is necessary to win her just over your head?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where's the young Mary. <laughs> <laughs> We've been
1: there. We all we, all, we, all, we all You've all been there. <laughs> you've been there and you've done that. Maybe you've forgotten it. <laughs> Go back. That the one message is the only message I really know of any importance. And that is, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ. <coughs> and the life I now live, and that is important, because we're living. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's a gift to us. And the gift, all you have to do for the gift is taken. Just receive it. You say, well, that's too simple. Well, it's the only way I know can describe it. It's too simple. It's too simple. Mm-hmm. Receive it by faith, and in His time, He will make Himself real in you. In every area of life, every area, He wants to be all in, all in, all. That's very inclusive. Wonderful work Doctor the Where did that happen? That was in South Carolina.
0: Um, anyone else want to share anything? Yes. I actually have a, uh, I have some questions for you, for you guys, but yeah. I I want to say real quick, I know some people have kids and the church okay. asks just to get them at a time. If you have some children you need to go, um, you know, please do that. But if you guys would be willing to stick around a little longer, and for those of us who can stay sure. and have some questions
3: to before everybody, we,
4: if you want to go to the newcomer's luncheon um, Carrie said that's lovely and she'd
3: love to have us if you have children that are over at the student center and if you'll just take them from the student center and take them over to the sanctuary that's where they
4: keep the kids for the newcomer's luncheon just let them know that you're going to be there just so said it's fine they have plenty of
3: room so just come on So, I
1: here's
0: my question um Y'all feel free
3: to go
0: if you need to go. In, uh, in Corinthians, uh, you mentioned something earlier about fellowship, you know, and about the fellow. And, you know, we are a fellowship group, you know, and that's kind of our primary motivation for, for existence, is to fellowship with other young married couples and families that are in the same stage of life. Um, you've been involved in fellowship, all of you I'm sure, and in different depths and levels um, with Billy Graham, with amazing men of God. And, you know, and I don't know if this ties in, but I always look at, you know, Paul says in Corinthians, what what I came to you, brethren. I didn't come wise speech professing to know all these things. I came to you knowing nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Um, Does that tie into fellowship? Does that tie into purely preaching evangelism? Um, What does that fellowship look like when you, you know, we get caught up in today's society of fellowship being distracted by, you know, work and, and hobbies and sports and cars, and, and I feel so, and, and this is me as much as it is everyone, I feel so often that our fellowship is, it's fake a lot of times, and we all want to move to that deeper spiritual level, but we all struggle to do that, and I imagine that you may have been in places where fellowship has been what God did actually designed and intended it to be. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like?
1: John you want to say a word yeah I think uh, let me go back a step before we go forward I think we forget that Jesus did not come just to take away our sins he came to give us life and it says in the book of Acts in him we live and move and have our being that's the whole enchilada there is nothing outside of that and and I am so glad that you all are breaking your backs with how to do books. Wonderful place. Because they don't work. The only way life can be lived is through Christ. That's the life. He is the life. And what Boyd was sharing with you uh, is the way it is. Fellowshipping, Jesus gives a great example in John 15. He's talking about the vine and the branch. And that's the body of Christ. Paul talks about it as the head and the body and members. We're one. And what makes us one is the vine. Every branch is part of the vine. Without the vine, there is no branch, it's dead. And the branches are connected, and that's the fellowship and fellowship is very unique because it is fellowshipping in the fellow as he says fellowshipping in Christ that's what makes it unique you all have common problems but you all are individuals the commonality of a problem will only last so long because I can guarantee you given every one of us in this room the same problem we all will come up with a different way of solving it and we were meant to because we are uniquely created in the image of God. So, it's about life. In that second chapter of Ephesians, where he read that we are saved by grace through faith, it's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. That's 2 Well, The verse 10 says this. We are His God, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The only good works there are he expressing himself. There are none. Hitler, if he did anything good, it was, through, it was God expressing himself. Jesus said, one said to him, Good Master.
2: He said, What do you call me good?
1: There's only one good. That's God. And what we really seek is the goodness of God. That's what we're looking for. We were created to want that because we were created in the image of God to receive God and express God. That's why humanity is here. He wants brother he wants sons and daughters that want him. Why? So that we can lay our lives down for others. Because it's all about others. We have God and God is love, and that's how we that's our mode of operandum. We will function out of love. And love is never for yourself. Love is always the same. So uh, you have it just believe that you do
2: well I, the, okay I'll add one thing I was thinking um, I read this uh, author probably most people you don't find on most Christian bookshelves uh, called Jacob Burma he, he wrote in the 1600s this is German <coughs> he, um, and um he wrote in the language and, and mores of his day. And one of the things, that when when John said that, when you asked your question, that I thought of, that he said, he said, a true Christian <clears throat> has no sect. says, a true Christian. Um, Every day is Sunday to him, and he carries the priest and sacrament inside him everywhere he goes. And in and, and the language of the scripture, what he was saying is that inside we're indwelt by this holy God, this holy one of Israel, the Christ in us, who is who has come to join Himself, so that. The, how that works out and how that walks out in a practical sense is, is we, we come to realize that as I understand that when I living, yet not I, but Christ living, that I walk around and my life is fellowship. And I begin to see Christ not only in me, but I begin to see him in everywhere, everyone else. And I realize that it doesn't have to be, I mean, I have fellowship when I watch TV with people. I have fellowship when I, if I played golf, it would be fellowship. Uh, you know, uh, uh, or going to a burger joint. Fellowship is walking around living in Christ. Paul said, to live is Christ. Not to live and do certain religious things and call that Christian stuff. Every moment of every day is the living God expressing himself by means of this humanity. It's a mystery. We don't understand it. It doesn't seem like it should, it should be that way. You think, well, golly, Jesus, uh, you couldn't live in a this this... that I look and see myself to be well he did he's the one that chose us he said I chose you you didn't choose me I chose you So And then he says, And I've ordained you that you should bring forth fruit, and and, and it it should abound. So that's where I live from. I live from this inner understanding that my life, every moment of every day, is He living. And then you realize that, well, He's living, and then there's the fellowship, because there's nothing but Him out there. I don't receive anything except by the hand of my Father. Even if it's the, the bad guy throwing something my way. Jesus said, "When the when the uh, when when they said, you know, I, the the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. My father's cup shall I not drink it? So even when the bad stuff comes, we know the father has sent it that it might be death in us, perhaps, but it's going to be life in others because that's the principle of this life. Because Christ is expressed through the through the tensions and the sorrows and the griefs and the negatives that come upon us, and He brings out life and light through." that so that's probably more of an answer or than you wanted but but it, 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 it's hard to take it down to a practical here's how it looks because the answer for me it's is it looks like everything in my life and I see that by faith I think people
0: in general tend to try to make things too complicated and it's always a much simpler answer and I think if you look at things from a from a culture I guess in the culture of prior to all this information that we have access to, I and mean, even parts of the world don't have information, access to the information we have today. I think they can keep it simple. And because we, are, we have access to so much information, we try to complicate things. And I think someone who, who may not have all the information that we have, I think they, they can accept it much easier because it's so, much, it's so simple. But it works. It doesn't work for us because we try to make things... Faith is a
2: little child.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'd guy love guy. to I love
1: what you said about your grandfather I you had a grandfather that was really very instrumental in my walk with Christ and one day not very long before he had a stroke and died but I was healed on a farm and we were sitting out looking over this field And he looked at me, and I I was named after him. And he looked at me and he said, You know, John, God has always had a remnant. Throughout all of created history, there has been the remnant of God. And it's woven through the Bible. And he stopped. He always would cry. And he looked at me and he said, We're it. We're it. Well, you know, my grandfather named
4: John... (laughs) all grandfather to me he also owned the farm and just before he passed he took me on this farm and gave me a very similar message and uh, just a real powerful life and it was a very simple life that wasn't looking for anything for himself just trying to figure out what is, as you were describing what is Christ and me trying to offer to my friends and uh, hmm. you know at the end of his life there was a, a very large remnant of Christ in his community because of how he lived. You know, at the end, he took me out. And my life didn't like that. You know, my life was a little messed up. And, you uh, he took me out to his farm and we had a very teary moment and you know, I apologized for You know, he knows how I've lived and I've lived and so and he just, just, I could see Christ in his eyes as he looked at me and he said, Son, his Son.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And, uh, you know, he's gone, but that moment, and those, those eyes, I mean, that's how I remember. That's what I think of when I think of Christ. I think of those eyes as he looked at me, and I'll never forget it. I'll mm-hmm. pass that on to my three sons. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the remnant that I hope
2: to see here. You're all the blessed of the Lord. Receive it.
3: This is real sexy. Why don't we come around here and have a prayer (laughs) together?